2: welcome to wood talk for woodworkers by woodworkers now here are three guys who put the fine in fine woodworking
1: mark matt and shannon
2: all right, it's Wood Talk number 282 for November 9th, 2015. On today's show, we're talking about one work surface to rule them all, bark on a live edge slab, and choosing the right plane for the job. All that and more coming up, but first, let's thank some of our recurring donors. No one specifically this week, but I see every uh, once in a while the recurring donations come in, and uh, we should probably thank those people, all of you, just sort of in mass, the, the whole group, not individually. <laughs> thank you all, we appreciate it. Uh, You help keep the lights on and uh, keep the show running, which is awesome. And uh, let's see. Although I did just turn my lights out. Oh, see? Yeah, that, well, we need more donations. Yeah, it's mood lighting for Wood Talk. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that's acceptable. Uh, you know, you can also help out by going to woodtalkshow.com and looking for those donation links in the right-hand column. Every little bit helps. And uh, you know what? We should also mention the giveaway. There's a wonderful giveaway we have every month that we're going to try to make even better soon by putting in some DVDs. Uh, but you can win yourself a t-shirt most times. And John Taylor was our winner in October and I emailed him today. He was very excited. And uh, we got his shirt going out to him as we speak Which is pretty awesome Uh, And before we get into the show proper I do want to welcome a special guest to the show Mr. Matt Babyface Cremona Is what I like to call him (laughs) Do you get that a lot, Matt? I've never gotten that Well, now, now you will just now you will. everywhere oh, you go my own special gift from Mark there Excellent. you go i give you a nickname uh, so matt is our replacement matt today and we figured it's like <laughs> who's who better to replace matt than another matt we don't have to change anything matt. i love it right everything is perfect now the next person who comes on That's i don't know our we, show title right there the replacement <laughs> matt we uh we may have trouble tracking down other mats but we will keep looking and find the there's, perfect matt there's plenty of them out there <laughs> So Matt is sitting in for our our regular host, Matt, who's, uh, you know, his whole traveling thing. We figured, uh, you know, Shannon and I, we can do a show together, but it's a heck of a lot more interesting if we have a third person sitting in and hanging out with us and we like what Matt does uh, with his videos on YouTube. He makes some really high quality projects. You want to check him out on YouTube and we'll give you his contact info at the end. You have to listen to the whole show. Decide if you like him. (laughs) And then we'll give you his contact info right. in case you're Based go there.
0: Only on this. this no is, yeah, don't,
2: don't judge anything else but this show. Great. <laughs> right. Mostly I'm glad he's here because Matt's a lumberjack and he doesn't care. That's true. Yeah. That is so true. And, you know, here's the funny thing when we bring someone on the show, you might be surprised because we don't normally have interviews, we don't have guests on the show. And this is why we put them to work. Like, <laughs> this is not an interview. We're just having him do what Matt always does. So, uh, you know, I think that's better. It's a lot more fun that way. We'll see if Matt likes it. Uh, all right, let's get into what's on the bench. All right, so for me, uh, treating second degree burns today—not uh, mine. That was an unexpected thing. I was, you know, here's the thing with kids: like, no matter what your plans are, doesn't matter. It, like, any at the split second, your plans are changed. And today, my plans to go in the shop and cut some veneer and start uh, veneering the tabletop uh, just kind of changed to sitting in the urgent care with a four-year-old who has second-degree burns on his left hand. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, stupid parenting on my part. I let him stand on a step stool near the the pan instead of using the kitchen helper, which, by the way, I got a lot of crap like periodically for that just being sort of the, the bubble wrap society commentary about like, Oh, Oh, what do you need? Why do you need something like that? Like, you know, they're only going to burn themselves once or they're only going to fall once. And it's like, look, until you see your, your kid's skin bubbling up on their hands, I don't want to hear it. Um, that was a preventable accident had he been on the kitchen helper and he was just on a, a regular, like one of those collapsible step stools, uh, and just fell into the pan and grabbed the pan to support himself and wound up with these burns. So it's like completely my fault. I feel super guilty and horrible about it and knowing that it was like a total totally preventable thing i built something specifically to prevent that from happening but just you know not thinking clearly it was early in the morning boom accident happens so that sucked mm, that's um, rough <clears throat> yeah, yeah it is it's terrible um aside from that remember the sander i talked about last week <laughs> shannon guess what's still not here uh I are you call- serious no no i i called them today and it was almost like it's kind of like that last conversation never happened. She's like, oh, well, let me just check. Okay, I see it. It's right here. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll be in your area tomorrow. We'll have that out. I'm like, what happened to the last person I talked to? Like where this delivery was supposed <laughs> to was be That was a here. good Seinfeld for a second. There. Yeah. <laughs> what is what the is, deal? What is with these shipping companies? <laughs> No grapes, no nuts. Um, so I've yeah,
1: got, I've got two iOS devices talking to me right now. Ever since I said, "Are you serious?" Now Siri is <laughs> yes. asking questions from two sides
2: of the room right now. Yes, Hercules, which is I'm sure what you make what you make her call you. <laughs> I'm assuming. Uh, but anyway, so the sander still has not arrived. It's scheduled to arrive tomorrow, and I will uh, finally be able to tear into that and see what's what's going on. Assuming some other disaster doesn't descend upon my household, I will be uh, receiving a new Powermatic sander tomorrow.
1: All right. We'll see. <clears throat> well, I hope Mateo feels better.
2: Yeah, me too. Because, man, when he doesn't he's feel like bad, he's hard for
1: pancakes, too.
2: Uh, you know what? I don't know. Kid loves him some pancakes. It would take <laughs> a lot. He may not <laughs> want to cook them for a while, but he will certainly have <laughs> me make them. That's what <laughs> he has you for. <laughs> exactly. That's the function of a dad anyway. Uh, but, Shannon, what about you?
1: Uh, well, I'm I'm still working on the, um, what's that thing called? The Woodworkers Fighting
2: <laughs> Cancer Table. <laughs> you called it the Cancer Table last time.
1: Yeah, the Cancer Table. <laughs> Um, you actually said it earlier, you know, you have plans and things change in the blink of an eye. And yeah. I, these days I'm lucky to get two consecutive hours in the shop because stuff always changes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's interesting because the the that build, you know, doesn't have to be made from plywood. It's just got to be built, right? Right. You know, for, for the, it's all for the cause. But I decided, you know what, I've talked, I've used plywood hand tools before. I've used it quite a bit. I've always been the one that says, I don't know where this myth about plywood and hand tools don't mix. You've said it on the show. Yeah. And, (laughs) you know, it works just fine, but it's kind of a pain in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it it works just like normal wood, but just imagine that you're always in a cross-grain situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, all the extra steps that you have to do to clean up a cross-grain and ingrain situation and prevent tearing along the face and everything. All that stuff, every single cut you make, you have to do it. <laughs> and it's just slow. It, it's, it's unbelievable. I've, I've gotten to the point where um, I started rounding over edges, and holy crap, like – <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. I was rounding over some of the edges on the chair cutouts, and wouldn't you know, the way it's oriented in the plywood sheet, the two long edges are across grain on the face face grain. <laughs> oh, nice, it's killing me. The two little, fortunately, the inside cuts that are most difficult to, oh, those were with the grain. That was great. Yeah, but but I couldn't use my hollow plane on those captive those inside captured edges. I'd use a chisel for that, and I was just like. This is just unbelievable. And I started, started kind of coming up with this new philosophy. You know, I've always been a, a firm believer that any woodworker of any skill level can build anything they want, right? It's just a series of tasks. Yeah. Break it down step by step, and you can do it. Anytime somebody says, man, that's really difficult, what they mean is, is it's really slow. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's not hard. It just takes a long time. Oh, right. So plywood and hand tools, n- seriously, sharp tools – it, that's all you really need. And you've got to understand how to work across the grain and you've got to work really slowly.
2: <laughs> so was the, so, uh, was the phrase of the week good enough? <laughs> cause that's what it would it have been way. for me.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I got a great deal on this plywood and I got two sheets of it cause I plan on building a new sharpening station out of the other sheet from it. Mm-hmm. So it's cherry plywood, you know, very nice high end cherry plywood. I got it at cost. Let's just You know, you don't want to know how much I paid for it. People will hate me enough for that. But, you know, it it was like, well, I should highlight the beautiful cherry grain, but I'm going to paint some of it because let's be real, it's a kid's table. I'm not going to put like a fine finish on this thing. Suddenly more and more parts are becoming painted. (laughs) (laughs) Right. just like, (laughs) screw it. No, I think I'll be painting that. Well, I originally was going to leave the actual side chair parts, the actual shape parts. I was going to leave that in the natural cherry and paint the back and the seat because I thought that would be a cool contrast. No, I think I'm just going to maybe leave the seat natural cherry and yeah. paint the rest of it. There you go. Well, it, uh, it's I can't wait to see it. <laughs> it, it's going to look great. It's going to come out nice. It's just one of those things where it was supposed to be like this quick project to <laughs> yeah, like bang <laughs> out because I put everything else on hold. You know, right, right. Um, the the blanket chest that like customers have actually paid me to build <laughs> kind of put that on hold to, to knock this thing out. Sure. Oh, it's just it's one of those things where you're still kind of having fun, but you're kind of like, OK, let's get on with it already. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know, well, right. I'll tell you, on behalf of Nicole and I and everyone else who participates in the charity, we appreciate your efforts. <laughs> Gee, thanks. You, you get want a to full come, $10 you want to cut for for some button. roundovers for me now? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> oh man. So, there's awesome. the moral folks. It works great. It just it's hard. Nice. Or slow, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Go. <laughs> good deal. All right, Matt. What you up to?
0: Oh, you know, just hanging out on Woodtalk. There you can, go. Can you give us can you give us a good Matt chortle? No. I don't, <laughs> I don't think anyone's not even going to try. All
2: right. Uh, I have my own told, thing. I
1: told Matt that we were going to make you chortle. And I you
2: know, should have taken a couple of clips of Matt and played it on the show. That would have been
0: good. Darn it. That would have been good. I got my own <laughs> laugh thing going on. So, you know, no, he's true. got his trademark laugh. I've got mine. You know, I don't want to mix things like that. That's well,
2: you've already made a statement. You know, it would just be it just wouldn't be right, you know, <laughs> to step on what you've already established. <laughs> Although you're, you are furthering the stereotype that all Matt's are jolly. <laughs> jolly. What's wrong with that? Jolly Matt. You There's know, that, you know, what's that. what's interesting about Matt? I have never met a Matt that I didn't like. Every Matt I know has either been a really close friend, a good friend, and just a really solid person, which is why I named my son the Spanish version of Matt. Um okay. I didn't want to name him Matt directly, but Mateo is Matt, and uh that's the reason why.
0: See. Si. You, like, you like my son too, I guess then.
2: Uh, his name's Matt. Yeah. Okay, because I know what you always call him Junior or JR, so I wasn't sure. But yep. I guess I guess that's why you would call a kid. Junior, all right.
1: Generally, that's how it works. Thank you and good night, folks.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's all my brain can handle show. today. <laughs> oh, wonderful! All right, Matt. But work, woodwork wise, anyway, what's going on?
0: Yes, I've been um, finishing up the crib that I started for my son before he was born. I'm finally getting to the point where I actually brought some of it into the house to start assembling it. Nice. I got it all pre-finished this week, and I'm I assembled the two end assemblies and the front and back assembly. With the rails and the spindles will be removable, so you can break it down for storage. Sweet.
1: Yeah, speaking of time-consuming, holy spindles, Batman.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, fifty of them. That when you were just talking about the, the tediousness or it's difficult because it takes longer. That's exactly what that was. Oof. Yeah, it's just Not like, hard. It's just slow. It's really <laughs> slow. I, I think I, I think I had about twenty minutes per spindle when I thought about it. I worked it out, and it's fifty of them.
2: Wow, Jeez. that is an investment.
0: Yeah, yeah. that's the type of furniture you
1: can't sell and make a profit on. I, I wouldn't.
2: No, no. A lot of things I make, I wouldn't make a profit no, on. That's, that's a labor right. labor of love, no doubt about it. So let me ask you: with the crib, it's one thing I've avoided. Uh, with uh, two kids now, I've said, "Nah, not not going down the crib route." There's there are too many things that scare me about the you know the regulations <laughs> and codes and what spacing on spindles and in fact had to break a crib a commercial crib like i bought it because i was trying to avoid this stuff and mm-hmm. had to break the spindles to to release my son's arm uh that just happened to go in the perfect way and get caught so like how much time did you put into the the development of the design to make sure it's like perfectly 2015 safe
0: i read the uh the cs consumer safety products commission's Whatever standards for cribs and okay. cradles, right? So I read that, it's really boring. But at my, <laughs> my old day job, I read stuff like that all the time for healthcare records, okay? And there's that was a lot more dry than this was. And this is only like you know, I don't know, it was like sixteen thirty pages, something like that. Wow, it, was, okay. it wasn't that long in the grand scheme of things, sure. but it's still really stupid and boring. But <laughs> right. out of that, I pulled out like all like it's like all these pages and then all you really need are like, here's some bullet points that you really only need to build a crib. All the other stuff is like Nusha. Wow. So I got the like the spacing and you can't have it. You shouldn't have a drop front anymore. And the mattress height for the different height, the child needs to be adjustable based on how tall they are Mm -hmm. minus the height of the mattress, blah, 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 blah. So I based off of all that and I feel pretty comfortable about what I've designed. I'm not really, I'm not going to be selling any plans for it. Right. Okay. That's yeah. That's, that's probably I'm comfortable <laughs> with it in my own home because I know what went into it, and yeah, he can jump in it. I'll be jumping in it to make sure it won't fall apart. That's more what I'm worried about it falling apart on him. But sure. the the thing with removing the spindles if the like a body part gets stuck in it, I know that's a pretty serious thing. I've heard a lot of people actually have it happen. Right. So these spindles have a little bit of give to them. They're only a half inch thick at the tips there, and they only go in maybe a quarter inch. So you could technically, I didn't glue them in either. So if I really needed to, you could probably yank them out. In theory, they should bend and pop out.
2: Yeah, bending would be better than breaking, for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Either that or just break the rail out. Right. Uh, where the hole is, so I don't know. But I'll see what happens in my panic state in the middle of my... <laughs>
2: yeah, you'll you'll break three rings off. Three more than you need to, <laughs> I'm sure. That's uh, <laughs> that's what I would do. Well, cool, man. It, it looks great. I've seen the the development as it's come along. looks like a really great build. Yeah, yeah it's been one awesome of those,
0: those things I'm like, <laughs> it's been dragging yeah. It's of well, those projects been just, just dragging on and dragging on, and dragging on. I'm so, so happy that I'm like, I can see this done within the next couple of days. Yeah. This is this is nice. Yeah. You love the project, <laughs> but you are ready to move on. Oh, I, I loved it a long time ago. I stopped loving it like <laughs> Okay. Well, that's at fair. Least a month ago. <laughs> that's at that's least. truly that's the
1: best way to put it. I love that project. And I stopped about two mm-hmm. weeks ago. <laughs> Not so much anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's a few schools
0: in I stopped loving it for sure. So what are you what are you choosing
1: for the finish? In keeping in you know with what? Well, first of all, do the regs say anything about finish? No, Not any, really, that's interesting.
0: Uh, well, not, <laughs> 16, nothing, sixteen pages like nothing and not specific. a word on finish. That's the thing about government regulations is they're ambiguous. Oh. You ever read anything? They're very ambiguous. Sure, yeah. So, I don't they actually call out any like specific. Oh, you got to use like a two pound cut of shellac, three coats max, buff it <laughs> nice. off. Yeah, I mean, no, they don't tell you that. But <laughs> could you? <imagine? laughs> I did. Um, I like old regs written finishes. by uh, yeah. by Ron Swanson. <laughs> just cut up the book and call it good. Good enough, right? I did the um the salable finish on the the frame so I can chew on that. With uh everyone can be happy that he won't die from that in theory.
2: Yeah. Wait until they find out it's just varnish. But anyway.
0: Yeah, I, that's another <laughs> another thing. I know. I I, I agree. That's a whole other discussion.
2: But well, no, I, I totally agree with the move you made.
0: That's <laughs> the way to do <laughs> it's, it. It's got the label on there. It says it's food safe. So yep. I'm going to go with that. It's fine, it. people. What, what about the walnut? of people have reactions to walnut. Well, he's going to have a hard life if he has a nut allergy. So we'll see.
2: <laughs> Better get it over with now. Exactly. B- build up immunity now, kid. <laughs> nice, well, man. If
0: you just it to the walnut, I'll put some more finish on it so it's, you know, masked and then... Yeah, there you so go. That. Sweet. And then the spindles, I did a water-based poly to keep them kind of... Because they're white... The frame is walnut and the spindles are maple, so I wanted to keep it, the contrast looking good, keeping the maple kind of more white than yellow.
2: Yeah, there you go. Oh, cool. Nice. And you could pre-finish those too if you wanted to, right? Yep, I, re- I pre-finished everything. Nice, yeah. There you go.
0: That's way to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's there. the type of thing you keep it on the lathe and finish it on the lathe. I didn't actually. I finished it. I sprayed it. I brought some cans of spray poly because oh. my compressor and my gun are broken. So Oh, wonderful. Pay eight bucks a can for those stupid route. Oh, that's the worst. Oh my Lord. Jeez. I know. I got a can of water-based finish. So I got like half a can here sitting here. <laughs> right. I can't spray can't do it. do nothing gun with it. My gun's broken. My compressor only works for one cycle.
2: You, do what, you should do what the other Matt does. He just throws the can of liquid into the air and then swings <laughs> the spindles through it. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: he's that good at atomizing it? Yeah. Oh, wow.
2: He's really good at it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So
2: listen, uh, tell me about this log lift thing. Cause I know one thing that, uh, uh, that Matt does in his videos, you'll see he's close to the source. And a lot of times he'll get logs and, and big slabs of material.
0: So tell me about this log lift. I thought you were talking about Matt Bannerless still for a second there. Like, no, 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 no. What? He doesn't oh, lift anything. heavy. <laughs> no, he has a taco lift.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: Matt. Of Mr. which already. we are all envious. <laughs> yes. So, uh, for a while now, I've wanted to get more into like urban logging, it's like people cut down trees all the time. I'm in, I'm still outside of Minneapolis, so there's you know, there's lots of people around here, lots of properties, lots of people cutting down trees all the time. Mm-hmm. So, having a lift that goes on your trailer, you can literally back your trailer right up to a log, hook this um arch onto it, and with a winch, you can arch it onto the, the deck of the trailer and then try and drive away or whatever. Nice. So, nice. I've been welding that up this weekend. It was like you don't have to worry about this, Mark, but up here when it's like this time of year and it's like you know, 65, 70 degrees outside. You do something outside.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. so
0: it's like Saturday was like a great day. I'm like, I'm going to work on this today. I got most of it done in one day there, so.
2: Nice. Very cool. That looks awesome. Well, I can't wait to see it in use. We don't have much in the way of fallen trees here. Palo Verde <laughs> trees, but those are like giant weeds. Nobody, <laughs> Nobody wants the lumber from those. Cool. All right. Well, let's move into what's new. We got quite a few little links and videos and things to share with you here. Uh, First one is a video. I think somebody shared this with me on Facebook and then I shared it out from there. Making a workstation. It's a YouTube video of a a young gentleman who's working. looks like he's working on a uh, balcony. And what I love about it is he's using extremely basic materials, very basic tooling but it's one of those videos where the guy's just not letting that be an excuse for not doing decent quality work in terms of his joinery and actually doing things that, you know, uh, hogging away some material and using his chisel and a mallet to to get the you know material out of there and doing a sort of half lap type joint on there. and it, like it just I was really impressed with what he was able to do without a whole lot of tooling and just not letting that be an excuse to not make something good. Uh, so we'll put the link in the show notes, probably in, embed the video in the show notes. You can check it out there. Right on.
1: I always love stuff like that. I got, I think you shared that or like you said, somebody shared it and Mm -hmm. I watched part of it and I've, Headed into my watch list, which means it will probably never, (laughs) ever get watched. (laughs) I watched the first three minutes. I'm going to save this for later, which, yeah, never happens. Where videos go to die. (laughs) Right. (laughs) All right. So we have had, I guess, I mean, there's certainly a recurring theme amongst the maker community. And we've certainly talked about CNC and such here on the show before. I came across this um, thing called a... The maker arm, uh, it's on. A, it's currently in a Kickstarter campaign, and I'm calling it the next thing in 3D slash CNC slash kick decorating. <laughs> hmm.
0: It's it's <laughs> That's like a great application. I didn't even think of that totally. Awesome. It's like
1: <sighs> the Dremel tool of. <laughs> Like, 3D printers. It's got, like, a thousand little attachments. It not only prints without a bed. In other words, it doesn't, there's nothing kind of constraining how it prints. I think he can print up to, like, 36 inches wide. And it just prints, like, right onto a flat surface. Like, set this arm. Looks like a little, like, old robotic arm. Like, the Armatron plastic thing from when we were kids. And you just set it on, like, a a flat surface. And it will self-level to that surface. And it'll just start printing right there on the surface. Wow. It also um, has a mill. It acts as a, as a CNC. It can do laser burning or laser engraving, laser cutting, water cutting. I don't, maybe not water cutting. (laughs) Uh, It's got a pantograph. So like you can do your calligraphy on your wedding invitation and it duplicates it for you. It's just got all these little different things that it does. And it combines all of the stuff that you find in like the maker shops from yeah. 3D printers and C&Cs and, and laser cutters all into one um, one device. Damn! And it's just one of those instances where this is stuff that's not new, but it's now like commercialized and the consumer market can can get it now. Yeah. What I found coolest is it has a soldering attachment. So we could get this from Matt Vandalist and he could use it to build <laughs> his X-car. <laughs>
2: that's right. There you go. <laughs>
1: He's gonna nice. use this CNC thing to
2: make the other <laughs> CNC thing, and then the robots win. That would be smart. Hey, do they have a, um, a tattoo needle attachment for that?
0: Oh,
2: I'll give it time. <laughs> you know, I could have sworn I saw on my Facebook feed something about a uh, like three D printer style tattoo machine that someone's working on. Right. Can you imagine? Yeah. That's crazy. No thanks.
0: Anyway. <laughs> I'll pass on that one. Not so much. You want to like, go sit down in your living room and just throw the tattoo machine on and take on that? I'm it a sounds, it
2: sounds awfully relaxing, uh, but I'll be next to my son in urgent care. <laughs> <laughs> it works fine as long as you stay exactly still within the thousands of an inch. I just I just don't want the X car version. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. I killed him.
0: Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> have to give me a minute here. <laughs> Recover yourself, sir. I don't think I'm covering for that. That was, <laughs> that was some serious you know, abdominal work out there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my what's new thing was that SAFM, the Society of American Period Furniture Makers, a fantastic group of people who are very interested in period furniture, announced their <laughs> 2016 Cartouche Award winner recipient person who is uh, pretty cool. Yeah. And you know what I love about that thing is just the name it's like it's the lifetime achievement award and you look at the things that these people have done over their like their lifetimes mm. you're like I hope I am somewhat close to that level.
2: Does it make yes. you feel really inadequate?
0: Oh uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> and I'm like what well, good thing I like hopefully I have a few years left to like kind of get to that point but man. Yeah. Yeah. It's so inspiring and it's just phenomenal. People out there doing those amazing things.
2: Yeah, it's definitely so next level start-up. stuff.
1: It, it should probably be said so that we don't leave people in suspense. The winner is actually oh. Ronnie Young. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Who was well, it? Say it again. The only reason I bring that up is like all the not. Well, yeah, just about all the previous cartouche winners are names that I've already known. Mm-hmm. This is truly somebody new. I don't know how I haven't like known about Ronnie Young before, but his body of work is so. Stunning. Yes. So yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, no, that's all right. Just head over to <laughs> Satvam.org and you'll see his uh, stuff there. So
2: good deal. Cool. He's
1: very, very good stuff.
2: All right. I wanted to throw out a little love to a couple fellow web people who've gotten into the print book arena because we haven't mentioned it yet on the show. Uh, two guys. Most of you probably already know about these, but uh, David Pachuto over at the Drunken Woodworker makes the... Something, make something, TV, whatever he's calling himself this week. <laughs> uh, the the band Saul box book. And if you've ever seen, you know, what the stuff that David puts out, he makes these really beautiful. Um, I like how he combines the plywood and solid wood for a lot of his designs. Uh, makes it a really unique, punchy look. And the fact that it's plywood is like, you would never know it. It just looks, it's integrated in a way that's beautiful. Uh, and I've actually got one of his boxes that he was kind enough to send to me in the past. And uh, I'm really looking forward to checking this book out. Um, it's on Amazon. We'll put links to that. Uh, looks like October 15th. Was the official release, so this is something you uh, should be able to get now. Uh, Thirteen, what is it? Thirteen eighty six is the price that's listed on Amazon. Uh, nice. The other book is um, James Hamilton. You might know him better as Stumpy Nubs. He's the guy who thinks he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what other people think, but he thinks he's funny. Anyway, um, Stumpy wow. Nubs, good dude. He he does a lot of. Uh, homemade jigs and fixtures, right? So he's got a whole book now, Build Your Own Woodworking Machines and Jigs. It's called The Homemade Workshop. Uh, that one's priced at 20 bucks, 2071 on Amazon. You know, it looks like they have the Kindle version there as well. So both of these guys, you know, I like that. like a lot of us, born on the web, I guess, in a sense, when it comes to the woodworking stuff, it's just awesome to see um, when, when we have these opportunities to go into old school print like that, uh, hopefully people still buy books. <laughs> yeah. you know that's what I'm banking on but uh, yeah good luck to, to those two on that and if you can pick up a copy at the very least support the little guy you know this isn't uh, somebody who these aren't people who just have the backing of uh, big companies helping them get these books published these are just regular dudes out there sharing what they they love to do which is pretty cool agreed cool. Yeah.
1: Both good luck great guys, guys with the books alright the last link we have um, most of you guys know who Tom Fidgen is um, also speaking of books has released two yes um, And uh, both very good books. But he has taken the next step, speaking of old school, has gone into a brick and mortar school. He's actually opened a school up in Toronto, the Unplugged Woodshop Toronto. Wow. And he's got a bunch of courses up. And I just spent some time uh, this afternoon looking at his course list. And there's some really cool stuff. A lot of – he's kind of staying away from the kind of project courses and much more – technique if he builds a project it's to illustrate a technique hmm. um i'm a big fan of that that's actually the school schools modeled on that same principle so obviously i'm a fan of it but what's cool is when the class is not in session he's actually renting out bench space and he's created a maker space um for you know that seems to be the term du jour for these things um <laughs> although i'm wondering if the maker movement's going to show up and go where's the cnc machine
2: and where's my 3d <laughs>
0: Printer,
1: <laughs> what's this workbench thing? You know, where do I put my uh, my uh, maker arm? Um, so that ought to be interesting. But if, if nothing else, it's just, it's a cool, we have something locally called the uh, Woodworkers Club where you actually can uh, become a member and you get a certain amount of time it, with the machines and everything. Here's kind of the hand tool equivalent of that. You can rent out bench space. They have some tools. You can bring your own tools in. It's just, it's a nice idea. And I believe that Vic Teslin's going to be helping him out quite a bit on this
2: man that's Um, awesome
1: so yeah there's two uh two pretty cool people in the hand tool world um and it's just it's great because that is one thing that that you know online stuff virtual classes it's all great but you can't beat that um face-to-face thing
2: No. And you know, we got to do what we got to do. Most people have no choice but to learn, you know, via online videos and stuff like that and be self-taught. But if you have the option to do this, it's, it's definitely a very quick shortcut, uh, really cuts down the learning curve big time. Uh, You know, I'm thinking a shared space like this, if you're one of those people who has to rent space and I've seen that in the power tool world and of course maker spaces as well, um, but sort of community wood shops. and it takes a long time to get your projects done that way. I imagine in the hand tool equivalent of that, it's like, (laughs) oh, look, there's Bob over there. Yeah, he's been working on that table for about uh, 30 years. Just take take, things take a little longer. We just operate a little slower over here. Well, it 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 is interesting
1: (laughs) because he charges. I I think it's by the hour, and I think maybe he has a by the day price. Okay. Um. And I remember thinking that I'm going to go and book an hour at a workbench, and it's like, truly, what would I get done in an hour? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I
2: just got my plane tuned up, and uh, now we're ready to up time to go.
1: (laughs) Now that's cool though. Yeah, especially if you didn't bring your own tools. Right. I, I don't know about you, but I would not trust that that plane was sharpened properly so you know okay i could sharpen a jack plane in probably a minute you know but still you know now i only have 59 minutes left what am i gonna do it's
2: cool though i mean really it's it's a -a one-of-a-kind thing it seems like Alright, let's move into our kickback and this is sort of a kickback and a question but Sam Samuel Eames wrote us today. He says, hey guys, I've been enjoying your show since I learned about it uh, from Mark's appearance on Current Geek. I don't remember being on Current Geek. I don't either and I listened to that show oh, a lot. Must have been a very long time ago. Uh, <laughs> I'm starting to dive into woodworking by listening, reading, and online research. Why do so many links about woodworking redirect to Ted's Woodworking? I'm just <laughs> curious because the link for a general Google search seems so promising and then it hits Ted's woodworking splash page and becomes a dead end thanks for the many hours of laughs and fun conversations well thank you Samuel and I wanted to answer this just because it's always a good public service thing to make sure that people know in case they don't already know that Ted's woodworking is crap it's something to be avoided and uh, to to not support
0: putting it yeah
2: yeah so Ted's Woodworking if you're not familiar they basically published the 16,000 plans or whatever crap it is and there's this uh, nice looking blonde haired bearded guy that looks like someone you can trust you know standing there with his arms folded like look at me I'm a stock photo kind of guy. Um, so <laughs> He's wearing flannel. That's it true so it's you know he knows what he's talking about. Uh so, yeah, they basically sell these sixteen thousand plans, and anyone who 's actually made the purchase, and I know a few people have just for like research purposes say that it 's just this disorganized mess collection of like old stuff that 's outdated, incomplete, and some of it, from what we understand, is even copyrighted stuff that they had no right to publish and borrow and put into this collection, which is why most people just kind of like it 's the bane of the woodworking community 's existence uh, in spite of that, clearly they 're succeeding. Uh, So there are so many fake Facebook accounts that are like this. And I even see people I know that follow like, you know, Facebook can show you who's who likes what pages. And so many people I know are liking and following pages that they don't realize are actually sourced from one of these Ted's woodworking schemes. They're just that, that website isn't quite as obvious about it. They just keep sharing cool looking stuff and they amass a following so that they can eventually leak a very small percentage in through their system and, and eventually they end up on a TEDS One Working site. <laughs> you know, so it's 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 so prevalent. It's on every social platform there is. And of course, Google is no exception. You search for plans, you're gonna have a hard time not coming across a Ted's Woodworking site. So just wanted to include that in there. I don't know if you guys want to add anything to it, but it's something to be avoided. And uh, if you have a means to report them in some way as a fake account, uh, to definitely do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It comes down to the public has to report them um, just based on how Google works. I mean, Google is very careful to um, not you know, drop the ban hammer on people because I think they're aware that they are like, about to take over the world so that they're trying to be like you know (laughs) benevolent about it so they rely upon the community the the public at large to say this is bad get rid of it um and i think what's happened is woodworking let's be honest is such a tiny 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 little niche on the internet Mm -hmm. that you can be i mean ted's woodworking violates so many different um, terms and conditions and regs about SEO and about how Google works with SEO. They're constantly violating stuff, and you wonder how have they not been like de um delisted by Google because Google doesn't even notice woodworking right now. <laughs> it's such a tiny little part of things, but yeah. you know if we make enough noise, maybe we'll be like a little peep. Well,
2: might- the problem is it's like uh you know they they just spawn new ones. So the the original Ted's woodworking site doesn't even have to be there anymore because there are so many other websites with other names that just have the content on it. So it's, it's yeah. like you squash one and 10 more pop up.
1: Yeah. We've got a couple of these in the lumber industry, uh, cause the lumber industry is just like woodworking. It's kind of behind the times. And, uh, you know, I, I, I pulled my hair out all day cause it's like, how am I ranked behind this person? Like my content <laughs> so <laughs> and annoyed, the Lumber right? is so much better and yeah. we provide such a better service. And it's like, that's because like every single site out there redirects to this company. And in many instances, it's not, you know, it's a different company name, but they just own that, you know, that lead gen site or whatever it is. Right. So, yeah. It is what it is. They're game in the system.
2: It's a neuron. All right. Uh, I think now's a good time to hear from our friends at table legs.com. Mm-hmm. Let's face it, folks, sometimes we could use a little help on our projects. Maybe it's a project part that requires a tool you don't have, or maybe you haven't gotten to the point that you're ready to tackle a new skill. Or perhaps it's a matter of expedience and you need help meeting a deadline. Thankfully, there's a company that caters to your needs, TableLegs.com. These guys offer a wide variety of project parts and much more than just table legs. How about custom panels, columns, architectural components, finials, stair parts, and even 50 plus furniture feet from four inches to 12 inches high. And of course, they have tons of legs from various turn styles to modern and minimalist metal hairpin styles. They even have a nice selection of that classic cabriole leg. So don't let that one project part keep you from making your next masterpiece. Now you can get free shipping on orders over $50 by typing in the code WOODTALK into the special instructions box on the online order form or mention WOODTALK when you call to order. I was looking at their site today and they even have an online tool for configuring tabletops. Just input the size, the shape, corner treatment, edge treatment, wood species, and even the finish. How cool is that? And when you order a set of table legs, they come pre-mortised. Now I know many of you don't have lathes, so you might want to look into their custom turnings in styles ranging from colonial to cabriole to mission style to mid-century modern. When you order online at tablelegs.com, your parts will be carefully grain and color matched, sanded smooth and carefully boxed for safe, rapid delivery to your door. And speaking of delivery, don't forget the free shipping offer on your first order of over $50 using the code WOODTALK. All parts feature a 100% money back guarantee. At TableLegs.com, you'll find plenty of free, helpful tips and drawings on the best practices for making furniture with their components. And get this, 95% of what they sell is made right in Vermont in Northeast Kingdom by their staff of 30 people. Check out TableLegs.com and remember to use that code WOODTALK for free shipping on orders over $50. That's TableLegs.com. All right, very nice. Let's move into our email first one here is from Jack. He says, I'm about to move into a house with a three and a half car garage and I get to claim the extra car space as a shop. I'm new to woodworking and I'm wondering how many workbenches, spaces does a shop need? I hear about fancy Rubo workbenches, but I also see workbenches and spaces on the walls like traditional garage workbench and then I read about assembly tables. So what do you guys have and why? Uh, Would would you change anything with your current setup, add a workspace, remove a bench, etc.? All right, so for me, three spaces. That's primarily what. If we're talking about flat surfaces that you actually are doing work on, I've got an outfeed table, I've got a you know classic workbench, and then I have an assembly table. Now the thing is, if you're in a uh, if you're tight for space, and it sounds like Jack is going to be, there's no reason why those three things can't actually be the same thing. Uh, because you, you need a, well you don't need, but it's better if you have an outfeed <laughs> table, right? It's nice to to have that support for the work pieces that you, you push them through. Um, but because that's a big wide open space, if you had to, you could put some vices on it, even if it's just simple quick release vices and a few dog holes in the top. Those holes won't interfere with anything uh, functionally, from the outfeed table perspective, right. So why not do that? Uh, the other thing is, if it's a big flat surface that serves as an outfeed table and a, a you know quasi sort of workbench, there's no reason you can't assemble on that as well. So it's only when you have the luxury of space, or let's say you're the you know you work on something very specific that requires you to have either the workbench or you know the assembly table so you actually need it. Uh, there's just no reason why you can't lump those all into one thing. So I think if you do have the room, then you start to think, all right, what would be the, the handiest thing to have? I want to get into some hand tool work and what I really need is a bench that's rock solid and it's not going to move. So I think my next thing is going to be a workbench. Or if you do, you know, maybe you're more power tool focused, you might find the assembly table a little bit easier. Because if you're doing assemblies on your outfeed table and you need to make another cut, then you kind of have that sort of uh, spatial organization problem. Um, so for me, I'm a, I'm a big fan in a tight space. I'm a big fan of, of just lumping all those together. And you've got your choice in materials, too. You know, you could do that layup of three or four sheets of plywood if you want an inexpensive but heavy workbench top. Um, vices don't have to be. Uh, bench-crafted, top-of-the-line stuff, you could just get a good quick release vice and bolt that sucker on there and call it done. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of of putting them together, but if you have the space, certainly separates I, I find to be a lot more functional. So real quick, I'm curious for for both of you, in, in regards to these work surfaces, um, what do you have in your shops? Matt, you can go first.
0: Uh, the same as you, but I also would add they have a router table, which is kind of like you know a, a dead space kind of thing sure, in its own right. I guess I've yeah. also got the shop desk, which is kind of like what you got in your shop too, Mark.
2: Okay. I, I forgot that really one. Like,
0: like a work surface, but I sit at it and I put crap on it. So, you know, <laughs> it's a horizontal surface. What can you say?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I, I mean, my cabinets all have that work technical, you know,
0: I guess you could call it a work surface on top. Um, Only because he was talking about like the benches against the
1: walls right. kind of thing. Yeah, it's the classic garage stuff. They're, they're not work surfaces. Uh, they're crap surfaces.
0: That's true. Stuff. I barely do any actual woodworking on my little bench on the wall thing
2: right well if you had to though you could right throw a quick release on the end or on the front you could you could if you had to it wouldn't be yeah you, you know, could your favorite place but it would get the job done <laughs> nice what about you shannon um i guess i would have to say there's
1: three um i've got my workbench my joinery bench and then my sharpening bench okay um, and that's one thing that i don't like to mix is the sharpening bench and the workbench just because the my, I'm actually about ready to replace and rebuild my sharpening bench just because the, uh, it's, it's too big for what I need. I wanted something smaller, but I'm going to specifically redo the top because there's been so much just grit and grime and crap <laughs> that the top practically is like 200 grit sandpaper by itself. Oh you know, There's just so much stuff ground into it. Um, so I'm actually going to make the top out of a stainless steel um, like kitchen prep shelf that oh. I found because it'll clean up. Finally, I cannot clean. I just used a laminate, like um, I laminated a piece of MDF on my own sharpening bench, and it just it won't come out anymore. So I'm like hesitant to set stuff down on it (laughs) because it'll come away dull. But um, you know, I think ultimately we're like goldfish. The more space we have, the more we kind of need more surfaces. Yeah. So just expand. um, You know, I recently downsized all those surfaces, and like you said, Mark, I kind of rely upon one surface to do everything. My workbench does all that stuff. Um, right. The joiner bench is nice to have, but lately it ends up being where I set camera gear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I move it out of the way to do some specific, you know, like dovetails or carving. And then the camera gear goes there when I
2: go back
0: to the other bench.
2: Right. Right. Well, very cool. All right.
0: Well, Matt, you're up. Okay. This question is from James. He says, I have a live edge black wallet slab that I will be using as a bench seat. It still has bark on, or still has bark on it. The guy I bought it from says it's been drying for over two years, but but if the bark hasn't come off by now, it won't. But everything I found online on the subject uh, says remove the bark because it will come off eventually. My wife really likes the look of the bark and wants to keep it on as possible. So, I actually have some experience with this. I've done a few things where I've actually left the bark on, and in case you're wondering if the why the bark stays on. Some things, it's because if the sap is in recession, is that the correct term, Shannon? I think you've talked yeah. about this on the show before. That's yeah. seeming in the fall and the winter. The bark is very likely to stay attached to the, to the log or to the slabs that was cut. Um, so in my experience, if the wood has dried and that bark isn't pulling away and it's not looking like there's a separation between the bark line and the sapwood, it's probably not going to fall off, and you could probably just get away with leaving it on there. And what I've done in the past, I mean, walnut has doesn't really have like a really loose bark. It's a really, I don't know how you would describe it. It's really deep and rugged looking, I guess. So it's not flaky like cherry would be. Gnarly is a good word for it. So it probably it would wear better than like cherry. Cherry would tend to flake off. But what I've done is I've soaked the bark and finish um, using my HVLP gun. I've used. Uh, lacquer, but I'm sure you could use other things to get in there and really kind of harden it. And I was going to ask you about this, Mark, because yeah. this kind of goes back to this question I had. I was going to ask you about this in private on email, but hey, I got you here. Hey, this is not your personal service, man. <laughs> hey, hey.
2: That's yeah. it. That's <laughs> it. Show's hey, over. You're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, go ahead. So that the clear penetrating epoxy seal you use on your outdoor furniture, mm-hmm. could you you think you could spray that, and would that strengthen uh, bark to make it more wearable? You
2: know, as you were talking about putting finish on there, that's the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> is that you know I don't know that I would necessarily spray it. I haven't really thought about spraying it. I don't see any reason why you couldn't, as long as you realize you're spraying epoxy and that's going <laughs> to atomize. Keep uh, in mind, Mark has a
1: five-stage turbine now, so oh, yes, that's right. Well, he sprays my, my, cheese.
2: I'd actually it's it's. More <laughs> It works more like a sandblaster now and I just kind of like I would put a hole right through the slab uh, with that CPES. But yeah, I think the stuff is really, really thin. So I mean it's called epoxy but when people think about epoxy they think of like that real thick viscous five minute epoxy. This is not that. This is like really super thin. So if you had to spray it, you probably could but you could also brush it on there. And that is, that's sure. the first thing that comes to mind because it will soak it right up and solidify that stuff and and not only like help it hold on to the rest of the slab but will certainly give it its own sort of integrity as well. Sure. So yeah, I would I would definitely recommend at least experimenting with that. I've never done it, so I can't say for sure that it would work, but this is the kind of stuff that they put into rotted wood posts and beams to um, you know, give it some structural integrity and and allow something to last a lot longer. So if you're just talking about bark and uh, its attachment to to the slab, I think it would work great.
1: Does the the CPE does it have a, a flattener? Because wouldn't it is it, it's glossy? It right? is
2: gloss, yeah. But your first coat or two is usually just going to soak right through. It's yeah, gonna, it's really true. thin. It's gonna soak it up real well. Um, from that point, if you needed the sand a little bit, you could sand. But obviously, you're not gonna sand bark. So, so it would have a tendency to give it a little bit of a uh, glossiness. And you know, I don't really know how much bark is gonna absorb either. But
1: you could spray something over top of it. Oh yeah, you know, yep. to, to deaden it. Because yep. I just think that would, it might ruin. You know, you want this beautiful natural edge, and it looks like plastic because it's yeah. like
2: super glossy. <laughs> kind of
1: defeats the purpose
2: a little bit. There yeah. I made that myself out of plastic, um <laughs> so then if you once you seal it up then matt you're you're just gonna would you put normal finish on the bark as well?
0: yeah, so I just so the finishing process was literally just um I used the same finish that I would use on the actual slab, so I made the most recent thing I did was a bench which I did where the whole like underside was like a tree because mm-hmm. the whole bottom was bark, so there was no edge there a whole like curved face of the bottom of the bench was all bark. And I soaked that in lacquer. I did like three coats, but you, I mean, that bark is really, really, really thirsty. You'll just, you'll put a lot of stuff on that thing and it'll just keep soaking it in. Yeah, and that okay. really solidifies it. And I was using cherry. So cherry has really flaky bark. So that is not gonna wear very easily if like people start touching it. So the, the finish really helps to solidify and keep those flakes like connected to the actual bench without okay. flaking off as easily.
2: Gotcha.
0: Uh, and then when I actually did all the, all the joinery and all the finishing, Pre, the finish prep and I actually sprayed lacquer again on the rest of the bench That so it basically it's the same finish as it did on the bark. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, CPE cool. sounds like a good way to go then. Cool. Yeah, Shen. Bike,
1: maybe it would speed it up. Who knows? I
2: always wanted to try that.
1: Mm, maybe I'll do that someday. Do it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this uh, This question comes from George. He says, "Of the five, six, seven, and number eight bench planes, how do you decide which bench plane to buy? Yeah, I assume it depends on the size of the boards. What are the guidelines?" Um, yeah, you know, this could be answered in so <laughs> many different ways. Um, if you have no bench planes whatsoever, then just buy number five and be done with it. Um, but the there, I don't know that there's an actual rule of thumb saying you know you use this size plane for for this particular size board a lot of times it ends up being more the function the longer planes are going to give you a flatter surface because you've got a longer reference surface on that sole so generally the seven and the eight are known as jointers because they do give you a much much flatter surface um that's not to say you can't get a really flat surface and let's be honest folks it's woodworking um the tolerances that you get from a seven and eight are are higher than we ever need with woodworking not good enough (laughs) <laughs> it's not good enough. It's not flat enough. It must be flatter. Um, the 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 drawback to this: the longer the planes are, uh, sometimes the harder they can be to use. They're certainly heavier. They'll tire out a little bit more, but they also demand an even flatter surface. And sometimes you struggle getting that perfect shaving coming off. Um, sometimes you struggle getting. Shavings from certain spots. You may get this one spot, you just can't get the blade to cut there because the long blade or the long sole is referencing over other parts of the board. So I generally try to size, pick up a plane that is sized no more than two thirds the length of the board. Now, obviously you know, a number eight bench plane is 24 inches long. You've got an eight-foot board, you're good to go. But, you know, if you're dealing with smaller boards, say you've got an 18-inch long board, well, a a jack plane would probably be good for that. It might actually be a little bit long, a jack plane being a number five plane. Um, You know, if you've got a board that's 24 inches long and you use a 22-inch long joiner, it's going to work fine, but I think you'd have better, faster results by using a jack plane. Which is what's a jack plane? Fourteen inches, sixteen inches, something like that. I don't
2: know. I don't know. It's I don't know that. It's like you know because number I five. don't pay attention to these <laughs> things. This is I, your thing, man. <laughs> that's that's one of those things. I will
1: never be that hand to a woodworker. I constantly get emails going. I just bought a Stanley number blah blah blah, and I'm like, I have to look that up most yeah. of the time. If it, if it's not one through seven or one through eight, I'm kind of clueless. I just don't pay attention. Um, yeah. Because, I don't know, I suppose maybe that makes me a bad woodworker. I should know all this stuff, but it's just, it's never been that important. You pick up the plane that is about the right size for the board. And for my, in my case, I find two thirds at most, two thirds the length of the board is a good solution. Um, But I may find that I need that board to be that much flatter, then I'll grab a slightly longer plane. So it doesn't really matter what the Stanley numbering system is. Um, It's more about how flat do I really need that board. The shorter the sole, the faster you're going to be able to cover every bit of that surface. Um, you know, a smoother plane, a number four, can take shavings off of every inch of that surface much faster than trying to do it with a number seven. And if you don't need to be that flat, then the number four is right. And the number four is, you know, if you've got a 22-inch board, the number four is certainly not two-thirds the, the length of that board. So it, it that's why there really isn't a rule of thumb. So I'm not really answering your question here, George. I apologize for that. Um, I did that on purpose because just pick up a plane and give it a shot. He's doing that I-
2: annoying thing where he's arming you with information and I know. Ex- expecting you to make the decision.
1: Right. I hate that. Which so again, we- is why I've never really paid that much attention to the numbering system, yeah. you know? It's a rabbit plane. I don't care if it's a <laughs> Stanley blah, whatever, you know? I mean, it's a
2: rabbiting plane. That's what it's used for, right? So so what you're saying is we don't need to buy every plane in that awesome picture that Lee Nielsen always has with that wall-hanging rack, and it's just <laughs> every single plane size in the world on it? No because I I like that. I'd like to have that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It sure looks looks pretty, but yeah, you'll find that
2: I would never use any of it, but I'm off the rack. The rest
1: of it, all the work's done with like two planes. It's a really
2: nice shop decoration, frankly, Um, a very Very, expensive one. All right. Well, if you want to support the show, you can just head to woodtalkshow.com and look in the right hand column for those donation links, recurring or one time donation, whatever you want to do. You could also head to TWWStore.com and pick yourself up a nice WoodTalk T shirt. And hey, while you're at the WoodTalk website, go to the giveaway page. And speaking of that T shirt, you might just win yourself one. You can also go to iTunes, look us up in the iTunes store, click on ratings and reviews, and uh, leave us a five star rating like the Wooden Mind did. He says, outside of Mark not knowing how to properly refer to dimensional lumber, I don't know, I don't even know what he's <laughs> talking about. He's just, he's just telling lies. Uh, you'll get so much useful information from this podcast while being entertained at the same time. Shannon, Matt, and Mark make a great team. Which Matt is he talking about? That's, it's so confusing.
0: I don't make know. Make no mistake, we make a great team. <laughs> there you go.
2: <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> your contributions, Matt. Uh, but yes, yeah, sin- a sincere thank you to Matt for guesting on the show with us today. It's been a pleasure having you here. You held up just fine. Happy um, to be here. It's been
0: crazy, very surreal. And I'm glad you Actually, didn't
2: crumble under the pressure.
0: Well, I kind of did, but that's all right. <laughs> One of the things that I noticed about as you... As long like, as you didn't crumble like the bark. Yeah, well, right. that's a whole different thing. Yeah. One of the thing I noticed you didn't have on your little like outline here, for everyone who doesn't know how this works, is Mark gives you a nice outline of everything you're going to talk about. He didn't have a section where Matt gets to be a fanboy for like a minute.
2: Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, I did have a, <laughs> a section where I wrote some things that I, w- I was hoping would screw up you- what you were saying. Uh, <laughs> I, I generally... the show
0: notes. Let's I, see. I write some...
2: To
1: Matt's fanboy segment. I try to write inappropriate
2: uh, comments yeah. next to people's uh, <laughs> notes, but uh, yeah,
0: fanboy out, man. Have at it. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. It's, <laughs> it's so crazy. I, I've been listening to this podcast and I've been following you guys for a long time. I didn't know who Shannon was until he was a guest on this podcast no kidding, many, many years ago.
2: So wait, because I don't even know if I want to know the answer to this question. If you oh. had to estimate, how old were you when you started listening to Wood Talk?
0: I would have been 20, 21. Oh my God you're a baby wow. this is why i, I call him baby face mess true
2: Matt, babyface, Cremona. I was young back then. Man. <laughs> no, the, it's good, man. Just keep the growing end the, of the last hair. Last like, decade. Keep growing the beard. Keep growing the crazy hair. You, you, you do look like one of the um, uh, lost members of Flight of the Concords, though, <laughs> <laughs> which I, which is like automatically makes me like you even more. <laughs> it's all good. Man, <laughs> yeah, this, is, this
0: is a good day for me,
2: right? Um, we're pumping you up, man. Uh, so, hey, listen, if you want to check out Matt's stuff, you can go to his YouTube channel. It's uh, M Cremona on YouTube, correct? that's correct sir. okay and also mattcremona.com and you can find him on twitter at mattcremona he likes to use his name It's pretty
0: generic and simple and that's pretty uh, straightforward you can pretty find pretty me smart. on instagram as well there you go Same awesome
2: alright and matt since you're here you're our guest why don't you and you're also named matt so I don't have to Uh-oh. change anything in the show in, notes and in the show
1: notes it says send to matt for contact info
2: it's, all, it's only logical to send <laughs> it to we are we are slaves to the
0: script here we can't that's be right <laughs> else.
2: there you go so if you want to give him the contact info we'll get out of here
0: I would love to. Comments, questions, or topic suggestions, you have several different ways to contact us. Leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is WoodTalkOnline. Call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Email us at kickback at woodtalkshow.com or leave us a comment on our WoodTalk Facebook page. And if you're looking for the show notes or downloads from today's show or previous episodes, you'll find them at woodtalkshow.com nice very, nice. very, very nice. nice reading this next line yeah the next people. line is every
2: four weeks so we, we don't have to do that we let Matt this I don't know what the hell he's doing with that <laughs> it's just there anyway yeah. so yeah. hey thank you Matt for being on the show we
0: really Absolutely. appreciate it great to thank have you you for man. having me yeah
2: this is very nice and
0: thank I you for listening the point to
1: you didn't bring like a Minnesotan accent though I thought everybody in Minnesota talked like you
0: know <laughs> that's like up north Fargo start getting up north there you go it's oh, kind of like oh, New yeah.
2: Jersey that's you only get an accent if you're from south or north Jersey if you're in the middle you talk normal <laughs> I think it's normal, right? I guess. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. See ya.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,